we, we, we should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's what? You bugging ass death, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Oh, wait. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Just spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass fed? Yes. Cruelty free? What's so special about the cheese maker? As the saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. Yes. So I brought sausages this week, Sal. Yeah. Instead of cheese. Awesome. What do you got? So I got beer sausage. So I think they're both beef, which means they'll both be Cooper's Pale Ale sausages. Yeah. And that one's a pizza sausage. So it's a pork sausage with olive, crushed pineapple. Pineapple. Oh. oh. Uh, olive crushed. There's a bone of contention. Pineapple. Yeah. And, uh, and um, mozzarella cheese. Olives, pineapple. You can smell the pineapple in your eh? Actually, that's what I can taste because, interestingly, the pineapple with the cooking process has almost started to ferment. Mmm. And it's crushed pineapple in, because this is supposed to be a good kid's sausage. Mmm. So it's crushed pineapple in syrup to make it even sweeter. Mmm. But these beer ones, I had these for dinner last night. They're pretty good. Oh, that's good. What do you think, Lynchy? Very good. Sausage king? Sausage expert. Mm. Beer sausage? Beer. Yeah, that one's nice. Mm. That beer. One's mm. So Cooper's Pale Ale, what else is in them? Um, no, so it's just just beef beef in the meal and, and you use um, the beer instead of the water mm. to bind Ooh, it. I like that one. Mm. The pork ones, there's a couple there for your dinner. The pork ones have Kilkenny in them. Mm. So it's pork and Kilkenny, a bit creamier. They're good. Mm. I love sausages. I love sausages too. It's one of my favorite things about my job is um, doing sausage trials, getting in and <laughs> adding the fresh ingredients and trying to figure out what works well and what doesn't. So I did seven different types of sausage yesterday. What else did you make? So the two beer ones, pizza, a curry coconut, which I didn't have any of. Curry coconut? And it was awesome. Did you make that with what meat? Uh, that was a lamb sausage. Yeah. And um, it had a real, um, not sure what the curry flavour was, but it, when you opened it up, it was like opening a, a packet of curry spices. It was really aromatic. So we're pretty happy with the guys that made the meal for us. And then I added sultanas and uh, a couple of tins of coconut cream. Wow. Also did a Stilton one. Oh my God. But we don't know, I haven't tried that one yet. I didn't take any of it home. So. How could you not? Because uh, I was keen on the beer sausage. They're bloody good. I took the, the pizza one home I took home for Curtis. Did he love it? Mm. He, sausages are one of his favorite things. Uh -huh. You can eat anything in a sausage. Mm. Yeah, the pizza one. I don't know. I like it. 
It's quite strong. Yeah, it is. It's quite a strong flavour. I'm wondering whether it's it's going to be too strong for not so much little kids, but, you know, fussy early teenage kids and, you know, eight, nine, ten-year-olds, which is where the, the that sort of sausage market would be. That's your pizza sausage, yeah. I think it's the pineapple is a bit weird. Yeah. It was contentious whether we put, put it in or not. Mm. Oh, I'm going to have to try. I think it's a bit weird. Mm -hmm. Do you have pineapple on pizza, Sally? I do. Yes. No, I don't. <laughs> do, you have to, do you have to make separate pizzas? Vanessa, half and half. Vanessa likes pineapple on pizza. Mm. Um, I could take it or leave it. Mm. Chorizo and mozzarella cheese are more essential than pineapple. Mm. Yeah, no, I reckon that pineapple makes that a bit weird. So I figure with you flying to uh, Japan tomorrow, you better get some good it's Aussie food into <laughs> you before, before you go. Before I start picking out on raw fish. Oh. And I'll come back to something about that, about Aussie food, or not really Aussie food. But I meant to ask you, cookbooks, which of those five cookbooks would I actually be able to use? Because you posted about oh, the... Oh, my five favourite cookbooks. Cook. Well, you use Stephanie, don't you? Yeah, but you have that outside the five, yeah, which yeah, I have yeah. to agree with, like... It, Every it, kitchen should just have yeah, that. Oh, that's that's right. not even... That's and, just a book you should have because it's a great reference. And I bought it because everyone's... You've got to have seven, and But it is. You'll have something or you'll need to make something or you'll have a particular ingredient and it will never fail you. Ever. Uh, ever. It's just a ripper. It's just, you know... It, it is literally, literally like a dictionary... For cooks. Yeah. I even... I have made... She's got a watermelon skin pickle in there. Yeah. And which, I have made that before. And, and it's delicious. I've cooked out of that book more than any other than probably the two first Naked Chef books. Mm. And I didn't even know that was in there. So mm. it gives you an idea of the scope of the book. Oh, it's an incredible book. And mine's all torn and... Like, I've got the so newest nice. version and it's still all torn and battered because it's fallen off kitchen benches and... I love books like that. I love them when they're... It was funny. Someone on... Twitter said, what do you mean splattered? And I was thinking, splattered? Because like, I've been cooking with it. Stove and it's covered <laughs> in stuff. Uh, That's what I mean by splattered. Well, what were the other ones? You would like, what would you use? So you had a, a very... I had Marty Bott's Long Grain because I Ooh. love the Asian. He, he's got a really good sense of balance. And unlike is, is that it, David yeah, Thompson book, more accessible? which is... It's a bit more accessible. Yeah. David Thompson is the guru. I mean, and he was... Marty's mentor, but what Marty's done is because he's so quirky and bit left field, he's taken different flavours and he's just and it's easy. But Thai is one of those things if you're put off by a list of 20 ingredients, you're not going to cook it. Yeah, no, and, and but that's, it's really easy. His cooking's really easy, and I don't want to like I should, but I don't want to spend half a day chasing ingredients and cooking. Because I don't might not have half that cooking gear too, like yeah. steaming and. It's not hard though. I think. Um, though I do want you to teach me. I need some um, some more dumpling recipes. I really like dumplings. I only sort of make I make a wonton soup, yeah. but that's about it. I need to expand my range in dumplings. Just, just start, you know, but frying them and steaming them and. So st like steaming them, you just. You just make them up in the wonton wrappers and then just steam them. That's that's pretty much all you do. Yeah. Or you can get the dumpling wrappers and do those ones where you do the pot stickers. Like get a frying pan and fry them. Yeah. 
and then just whack in a little bit of oil and stick a lid on and ste finish steaming the top. Oh, wow. So you've seen gyoza, uh, how you, the bottom's always crunchy and fried and... No? No. <laughs> there's not, so there's not, there's not much variety of food in Bean Lee. <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you. There's lots of different... Um... Oh, that, that's probably another thing, is I need to, uh, like, you know, point me to somewhere in Sunnybank where I can go and try five or six different ones to get mm. a... Because half you of it's... You need to go to that dumpling house. What is that? Uh, in Sunnybank, in Market Square. Taste, ki Taste Gallery. Good. Yeah, well, and they have a little dumpling kitchen at the front, so you can watch them making oh, dumplings. Oh, yeah, right. And, you know, That's they the do the ones that are full of the soup. Yeah, so they, I had them in Melbourne. They were awesome. Yes, but you can do that with anything. Like freeze some soup and stick it in your middle of your meat. Yeah. And, you know, cook them away and yum. Yeah. Beautiful. That, that just blew my mind, the, the um, dumplings with the little bit of soup in them. Yeah, they Suck good. it out. Oh, that was so they nice. They always burn your mouth. They're bloody worth it. Mm. Um, so what did was you the other book I had? Movida. That was a good one. That's Spanish, isn't it? It's Spanish, but what I do, and I think I wrote that in my blog, but I was just saying, I kind of bastardise stuff. You get mm. a good idea. Because let's face it, every that... culture in the world has tapas. Mm. Um, everyone does little snappy things. And I love just taking bits and pieces of it and turning it... I think out of the five, that was the one that I thought I'd probably buy first. Mm. You know, that, that sort of appealed to me. And I like, I sort of use cookbooks not so much as, you know, I'm going to sit down and cook it. And cook it. Yeah. I, I, I sort of go, well, you know, I'm, I, I want some inspiration. I want something to sort of go, mm. oh, okay, let's do something like this. Because mm. I'm, I'm, I don't sort of sit there and look at a recipe and write out an ingredient list and go to the shops and then, you know, prepare that for a dinner party. Mm. I like to sort of just play around with it and well, get, then the, get the feel for it. Because that's what I use it for. I didn't think I used it. It was kind of interesting. I thought, what did bookstore you? And I went over to the bit near my... And I didn't even realise that I used Movita, but that's what I use it for. Mm. I use it just to trigger... Trigger ideas. Because they do amazing things, like braising, you know... One of the tappers is you braise these leeks in butter and chicken stock and stuff. So it just kind of does different things. So mm. then I started doing braising the leeks and the chicken stock and stuff. And then I made it into like a leek ta-ta-ta. Yep. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. It's, it just so it just triggers you off. You go, oh, that'd be awesome. Imagine buttery, creamy, soft, delicious <laughs> leeks, <laughs> you know. Wrapped in beautiful buttery <laughs> pastry. Lots of nutrition in that meal. <coughs> so that's what I use it for. I never really cook anything from it. But it's good. And I didn't realise I used it. Yeah, I think you'd use that one a lot. Just because it triggers your ideas. And, you know, stuff like just even making romesco sauce or something. You know, with roasted capsicums and stuff. But yep. you can go, oh, I'll just make it. Yeah. I've got something else. I might make a romesco sauce out of... This. Throw parsley. Through some pasta. Or... You know? I've got heaps of parsley. I might make parsley romesco. So well, it just does stuff like that. It's like the pesto thing, isn't it? Like, you can make the ultra-traditional tra pesto. But um, once you understand the sort of theory behind pesto... Mm. If you've got some fresh pasta and you've got a whole bunch of herbs and it's and some nuts and some palms and some oil, some lemon juice, it's like, well, it's not really pesto, but 
Mm. Hey, it's still going to taste good. Yeah. Bash it all in and away you go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when you come up with all the really good stuff. Yeah. I reckon. So Japan, tomorrow? Tomorrow morning. Oh, what if I had at six? I'm going to have to be out there early, early, early. Two weeks? Two weeks. Two weeks of Japanese only? Two weeks of Japanese only. Well... It's funny because we're going down south and it's full on down there. It's very, very traditional and you can't really buy any other food. And and then we got in the mountains and so it's really primitive and, so you it's, know. It's going to be beef and rice for two weeks, isn't it? Uh, they eat a lot of trout. Trout. And wild boar. Oh, yeah, nice. they go hunting and they farm the trout up in the mountains. Truffles. They have truffles uh, over there or fungus. Interesting fungus. fungus. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, amazing mushrooms, you know, like you'll get up in the morning and they'll just be barbecuing because they have their big barbecues in the middle of the table and you're walking to breakfast and there'll just be mushrooms being barbecued, mm. you know, I mean, it's awesome. But you get back and then we're going to Kyoto and we're staying in a, just a house so we can cook and, you know, oh, shop. Okay. <laughs> but I was just laughing saying, oh, that'll be when they want me to buy the cornflakes and the toast. And yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, oh, a, a, a mate of mine who I have slowly taught to cook, mm. and like you know, I'm nowhere near your level as a as a teacher, but you know, I've like sort of I'm trying to give him the 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 building blocks so that he doesn't mm. have to follow a recipe. You know, he can mm. just roast a chook off without having to think about it, and he might use this or he might use that, and um, you know, so I'm like slowly trying to build him up. So he went to Europe. He's been to Europe quite a few times now. And, you know, yeah. thrown himself into the pasta and the pizza and all that sort of stuff. But he went with the, another mate of his and uh, all he wanted was chips and maccas. Oh. It's like, you're in Italy. Oh, go away. You're in Italy and you're eating McDonald's. Like, oh, it's not right. I, I could understand if you're in... You know, Kyrgyzstan, and they were only serving sheep's testicles or something like that. And like it's, you know, really out there, and, and you're like, look, oh, I just want a taste of something that I understand. Yeah. But like, you know, Italy's a fairly oh, Western type of food. Even for people that don't like food. Just, I, I felt really, and so, um, Pollard, you know, organised the last night of the tour for them all to go out to this, you know, proper. He he. I was really proud of him. He found like a proper authentic Italian restaurant. Like he asked around and sort of asked some Italians, and, you know, where, where would you guys go for dinner? And got him this proper thing. And this guy went, do you have chips? Oh, <laughs> oh dear. But that was like my first night um, in Italy. I was sitting at this table of all these girls and, you know, we were having our first dinner and everyone's ordering stuff anyway. And I ordered, you know how they get the, um, the chicken and they beat it out really thinly and they crumb it and they just serve it with rocket and lemon. I oh. love it. I don't know what it's called in Italian. Wow, that's that's like like crazy schnitzel. Yeah, well that's what that's all the girls are going. Oh, so it's your first night in Italy and the food the food ladies having schnitzel. schnitzel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, oh but I love this chicken. I love this dish. So that sounds pretty good. So they beat it out really thin and crumb it. Like, yeah. like a heavy crumb, a light crumb. Mm, oh, it's just nice and crunchy. So it's just really thin. Yeah. It's like probably, it's probably like a quarter of a chick, piece of chicken, little chicken breast or something. And they just beat it out really, really thin. 
and crumb it and just quickly pan fry it. And there's a few little herbs in the crumb. And then they just put it with a nice, you know, rocket salad and a cheek of lemon. And it's... Wow. With just a glass of wine, it's perfect. Yeah, It's all yeah. you want. Simple, simple, it's simple. So simple. <laughs> yeah, she's having chicken schnitzel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's something weird about that. That real simple peasant food, but it's got to be done well. Yes. It, you know, and it can't yeah. be replicated. And, and that's what I wanted to ask you about, um, catering versus cooking at home, because when I worked, for, I worked in that little cafe, Salt, for, for a couple of weekends when I left the pubs, and I did the breakfast shift, you know, I used to do just um, kitchen handwork in, mm. in the kitchen. And it just amazed me, like, because I'd eaten there for breakfast quite a few times, and I always thought the food was really good. But it blew me away how production line it was. You know, like, everything was prepped. So, you know, the French toast was all, you know, and it was proper French toast. It wasn't like a, an egg mix or something like that. It was proper eggs and cream, but they soaked the bread the night before, and it was just like in a sandwich press, and, you know, four bits, Bezo, and I'd put four bits in, and, and it was just so production line. I was just, I was like... There's no um, no sort of feeling behind it. No romance. Oh, I don't know. Well, about, I don't know if romance is the right word, but it's th- well, there was no there was no connection. To, to, like it was just this is what you put these building blocks together, and yeah. I don't know whether con- whether the connection came from the design. Like so, the connection comes like the passion comes from. Hey, what if we put you know. Um, French toast with balsamic vinegar and this and this and this and like that's where the passion comes from and then it's just production line after that. Well then what ends up happening is, and, and this happens all the time, you've got to have a menu that's simple because chefs move Ooh. you know, you get another chef, they're not the same, they're not as good or your customers are coming for the French toast Well, well half the breakfasts like I, I literally walked in there and like I'd I'd eaten there and, and, and had coffee there for, for months and months and months mm. when I was running the pubs. And I said to Paul, look, can you swing me a little bit of work? I'll just do dishy work or whatever. And he's yeah. like, no, no, you, like, you know food. You can just be the kitchen hand. So like the lowest person in the kitchen. But I was putting but pretty much important. 80% of breakfast together. Like, you know, it was um, French toast and avocado and a drizzle of this over it and something else. But like I'm thinking, you know, this is, I'm just pumping these out. Pumping them out, and like obviously the chef's checking them before they go out. But I'm just thinking, like that's good the, kitchen. I'm I'm in my third day, and it's simple enough that the worst person in the kitchen can pretty much push this. And and it was making me hungry, mm. to be honest. Like I was like, and they had oh, this is where I want. I always want one of those combi ovens. They had these little um, chat potatoes. They cut in half and season them quite a bit, like salt and pepper and lemon and something else. And then they put them in that combi oven, and you know, combi ovens like crisp on the outside, but sort of steam on the inside. Oh man, that's just amazing! I was like, I just want a combi oven, just so I can do potatoes <laughs> like that. But they used to like, so they do like thirty kilos of these potatoes at the start of the day, and then you know, you just yeah. you just pull it out and pull a scoop yeah. out, and but you know, amazing flavors, really, really nice food. Yeah. But it, there was no. No yeah. excitement because they've done it like a thousand, thousand, thousand times. But it's repetition, and it's like when you go to a restaurant, you want the same thing. You don't want to have bloody awesome French toast this week and shit, shit French, French toast. toast the next week. So, and that's what it's all about. And that's a good kitchen that works like that. 
Is there any passion or love? Yes, there was at one point, but there's not every day because no. it's who turns up, who's going to cook this food, can everyone, can the dishy cook it? That's a perfect kitchen. But I wondered about dinner because dinner, right? I never worked a dinner shift. I only ever worked mm. breakfast. Um, dinner to me seemed less people, slower, like the whole vibe of the place was slower. So less tables, you know, mm. there was more tables taken out. Sort of one sitting where mm. breakfast was sort of like three mm. sittings. And, and people I, are prepared to wait at dinner time. Breakfast? That's right. So I wondered they whether the, the, the passion was sort of, you know, more responsibility on the chef and more care take. I don't know whether care is the right word. Because these guys obviously, like Paul was really anal about the quality of the food. Mm. It, it Nothing went out of that kitchen that was crap. Yeah. But... Like you said, it was easy stuff that anyone, yeah. like I could come in and yeah. help out in a day. Mm. Like admittedly, I had a food background, so maybe not anyone could have walked mm. in and done it. Mm. But I just wondered, I thought, I wonder what it would happen if I went and worked in a dinner shift, whether my, um, the amount I would do would shrink right down to, mate, put this in the oven sort of thing. Yeah. Or whether or not I'd, I'd still be, you know, putting half of the food on a plate or not. You'd probably be doing components of it, but look, that's a really difficult one, I reckon, because it's like sometimes when I'll be doing a catering job, it, it's just something that you've done a long, lot of time. When you're inventing new stuff and that's you're inventing new flavours, for me, that's the exciting. It's really interesting. I've got this friend in Melbourne and she does a lot of catering and she got asked to do this massive, great Mexican dinner party and she's going, Oh shit, I know nothing about Mexican food. She said I can hardly serve them nachos. Just anyway. Go, just go buy a whole heap of the burrito packs. <laughs> so the phone calls have been going back and forth for like the last two weeks. And she had such a ball doing this thing. She said, I forgot how exciting it was to yeah. find out about new food. Because she's doing something different. Yeah, and she got, oh, so exhausted because it was all new and I wasn't, wasn't something that I could just do with my eyes closed. And she goes, I forgot. So you're, do, you're doing Falls Festival. Yeah. Food-wise, is that going to be exciting at all or is that just going to be work? Um, no, probably just work. Just work. What happens with backstage catering of those kind of things is... But will you get someone come to you and go, hey, that was, that was really good food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will because the food's always really good because we always cook fresh. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting and I reckon this is why... Um, John, who does all the backstage catering, who I just work with, he is really good. As in, he'll just set up a big wok and he'll kind of just cook whatever. He just buys a whole lot of stuff. And yeah, and I think that's where you get a bit of passion and feeling because you actually really don't know what you're cooking. You're not following a recipe. Yeah. You're just cooking whatever you whatever want. Whatever you've got. Yeah. And um, especially with a lot of that backstage stuff, you've got a lot of vegan, got a lot of vegetarian. It's all stuff mm. that it's not, you know, you're not churning out slabs of lasagna. No. It just doesn't happen. You know, everything's kind of a bit more interesting than that. Mm -hmm. But it's also one of those things, by the time the job comes, by the time the people are there, most of the work's been done. Yeah, because it's Because if you had to start everything from scratch, I mean, seriously, people would be waiting five hours for their meal. The, the, the only thing, the only prep I did on that breakfast shift was cutting avocados because you can't yeah. pre-cut them mm. because they go... You know, yeah. Well, I think you could probably put lemon juice on them and, and do uh, prep them a little bit. Yeah. But, at, um, 
was it Ashley? I think Ashley was the, the co-owner. She's like, look, it's just easier. This is how you do it. You cut them in half, you take the seed out, you go, and then you get a spoon and you scoop it out and you fan it this way. Done. You know, it takes three seconds if, you, if you've mm. got any idea what you're doing, mm. which I sort of did, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, like, that was about the only thing that you did yeah. on the spot. Everything else was pre-done. Yeah. The potatoes were done, the French toast yeah. was done, the bacon was done, the egg. Like, you know, you cracked an egg was about the most thing, mm. the most work you actually did. Mm. Everything else was prepped, ready to go. It's like though when you go to a cafe and someone that was an accountant or a school teacher has got their super payout and have decided they want to open up a cafe mm. and you watch how they work. Mm. It's the most frustrating bloody experience. Because like they think, oh, I love cooking. Mm. I love it. I'm going to open a cafe. To cook for people that but it's love not, food. That's, that's the thing. It's not. It's cooking. not. You have to understand. It's a business, yeah. and you and people are so demanding these days. You know, we're all in a hurry. You and know. that's that's the only way I could open a cafe. I could open a cafe if it was advertised that there is no menu. Hmm. You will rock up to Lantana Land. You will sit down. I'll wander over and say, "Hey, gun, would you like some food? I have this, and it will take me forty minutes to cook this." Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I've got eggs and I've got chorizo. Would you like a frittata? If you yeah. don't, then... Yeah. Off you, you, I yeah, don't that's... know how many customers you But do you know what? When I, I, I had think that you, cafe... You would, you, would, you, would, you would attract a certain type of clientele, but it definitely wouldn't be a busy cafe. Yeah, it wouldn't make money, I don't think. No. Um, It'd be more... Yeah. Adver- it's it was... a bit like... Um, what's the place? Victor Churchill's. Yeah. I don't think he actually makes huge money out of his butcher shop. But it is an amazing advertisement, and his restaurant trade that he does, like the amount of work he does for restaurant trade and cooking school stuff that he does, I think he makes big money out of that money side out. of it. And and the butcher shop is almost like, oh, yeah. I'm sure it makes money, but I, I think there would be other butcher shops that would make more money mm. um, because they pump stuff out, whereas he, you know, he presents stuff and he. Mm. You know, but that's more marketing for the second part of this business. Yeah, yeah. You know, it depends. There's lots of different ways to skin a cat. But, you know, having been around for a while, Mm. you know what works. You know, the only... We had that weird cafe when we were in um, Commercial Road in uh, Newstead. And literally, that was the funnest thing I ever did. That's what you'd want to do. You just get up in the morning and make whatever you want. I used to order the veggies, just whatever was available. Yeah. Everything would come in, and each day I didn't have a menu. I just made whatever tickled my fancy. If I'd seen a restaurant the night before, I mean, a, something, or if I'd been out and I'd seen something, or I'd seen something in a mag, I'd just cook it. And then at lunchtime, I'd wheel out this big table, just loaded with food, and I had a bit of a display cabinet, and I'd just serve food until it was gone, and that was it when they left. Yeah. And, you know, I used to do take-home yeah. meals and stuff and how, as well. And how often did you have stuff left over at lunch? Never. Yeah. Never, ever, ever, because it ended up being... There was no menu. The cafe had no name. So, consequently, <laughs> it was one of those really weird... It was a real hole-in-the-wall yeah, sort of venture. Yeah, and there'd be people just lining up and down the street. But that was our detriment, because we didn't have a name, we didn't, you know, we didn't have all this stuff. So... We got closed down because everyone got so pissed off that we'd taken their customers. But it was such a great concept, you know. It was an awesome concept, you know. And people came just because they knew it would be delicious food. They didn't yeah. know what it was going to be. They didn't have no, a clue. That, yeah, and that's the thing. You just want 
Oh, I don't know. Like, and that's where your passion as a chef works. Yeah. In, in a commercial sense. Because, you know, the, the food bloggers thing where it first started, which is where I met you. Yeah. And we went to the Moomoo's. Yeah. And I'm sure they've got a real passion for their food, but the sort of vibe I got from it was it was a place to be seen rather than... Um, a place that you would eat amazing food. Yeah. And, like, I work in the meat industry, so I understand what good beef is. Mm. And I had a reasonable steak, but I could have gone home and cooked a better steak than that probably six out of seven days every week. Yeah. Just by knowing where I could purchase a good steak and knowing how to cook it. Like, I, I don't know, there, there, didn't, there didn't seem to be this, um, you know, I expected something that would just blow me away, that would yeah. redefine... Like that, expect you know. I was telling you about the first time I ate steak. Yeah. That's the sort of thing I expected to have. Yeah. And I felt like I'd had a nice steak. Yeah. You, you know, but it was. I was looking at the the, the menu. It's like you know, people were paying forty, fifty, sixty dollars for mm-hmm. these steaks, and I'm like, you're not getting that. I'm sorry. No. Like a little bit of training on how to cook a decent steak mm-hmm. and talking to your butcher, and there's heaps of good butchers in Brisbane now. You could cook something like that for third of the price and I guess the other part of it is why they're successful like they're right in the middle of the city you know and there's heaps of people that can't cook a decent steak and sort of want to go how oh, I went to that really nice but steak you know, place and you're quite a discerning meat eater mm. don't forget and you know not people most people aren't that fussy they don't no. know what good is so yep. their expectations aren't that high no. So, so it's exceeding. It's exceeding everyone's. Well, it's like at the moment, what restaurants are going off? It's all the fast food crap. Yeah. Like those Mexican joints that have popped up <laughs> everywhere, and people think they're really cheap, and they go in. By the time they bought a half-ass shit house fajita yeah. and a Corona, they're up for twenty-three bucks, but they think, oh, it's really cheap. Whereas, you know, they could have gone somewhere and had something. See, I really like Tex-Mex, <laughs> but I'm. I, I, I've just got this feeling that. Tex-Mex restaurants are like cheap, nasty, and you've got a high chance of getting salmonella. So I just won't eat them. But I'm sure there's some real... Because, like, you know, sour cream and chilli are two of my favourite things. <laughs> so, and cheese. Well, they're bloody <coughs> cranky, aren't they? Yeah, and that was saying, bemoaning the fact that, like, another nine Mexican restaurants had opened in Brisbane the other day. Oh, really? Oh, she was saying that there's just, like, heaps of them. They're everywhere. I would no more go to a Mexican restaurant than fly to the moon, but... I'm much more likely to go to a dumpling place. Yes. You know, something that I'm not that good at making. Yeah. But the other thing, talking about Aussie food, and I know this isn't particularly Aussie, it's it's probably more English, but I came to the realisation last night when I sat down to my sausages and mashed potato that mashed potato is the best food ever. Ever. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. Like, Even when you're sick, you can still front up yeah, to... Or, or tired. If I come home and I'm like, okay, I can make one thing, it's going to be mashed yeah. potato. Oh, oh, I love it. I just, just This mash I made last night, I don't know whether the, it was just nice potatoes or what, or I got the butter, sour cream, blend, yeah. right. And, like, I make a pretty freaking awesome mash. And, like, even if you used a fancy moulin and whatever, you're not going to make a better mash than what I make. Because I've had lots and lots of practice. <laughs> when I was in when I was in uni, we used to uh, 
a mate of mine and I used to like share our shopping and we'd go through a five kilo bag, two five kilo bags of potatoes every week between two people. <laughs> Cause that's, we ate pretty much potato. Potato was like 80% of our diet and greens. And then maybe we could afford a little bit of meat, but mostly potato. I love it. Alright, so we better wind this up. Yeah, because you gotta go to Japan. I've got a Japan, I've got a house opening. Does anyone want a house? (laughs) In Japan? (laughs) So you're gone for two weeks? Two weeks. Two weeks? Are you gonna blog while you're over there? Are you gonna be too busy? I'm gonna try, I'm gonna take my laptop and we'll see how we go. I was gonna try and do a bit of filming as Are you taking your iPad? Yeah. What what um we'll have to have a chat. I can give you some pointers. Yeah. And I've I've lined up one guest host maybe while you're away because oh. we've, we've been a little yeah. bit slack yeah, yeah, yeah. and getting ones out yeah um, but we'll see how that goes but we might do um, we might do a double one when you come back yeah, from Japan yeah yeah well let's do that I'll bring back some sake and we'll yeah, do yeah. a double one yeah. maybe I'll have to crash in Brisbane somewhere <laughs> <laughs> that'll be an interesting footy training so if people like will you be posting stuff to Facebook while you're over there yeah 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 I will so Taste Trekkers on Facebook, which there's been heaps and heaps of cool recipes on. So make sure you check check out Taste Trekkers on Facebook, and it's Taste Trekker on Twitter. Expect lots of updates, yeah. some cool little photos of Wait. Japanese landscapes, um, <laughs> and you can follow me at Bezo on Twitter and Lantanaland on Twitter occasionally when I actually do some farm stuff. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you in two weeks, so. Ciao. Sam. We, we, we should rap about things that we like, like. Like food. That's what. You bugging ass death, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Go away. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Got spaghetti in you. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass fed? Yes. Cruelty free? What's so special about the cheese? The saying goes, you are what you eat, and I am freaking cheese. Now, where's the cheese? Okay, how was it? Mm, I wouldn't kick it out of bed for eating crackers. How about four beans, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you've had enough. Um,